Okay, this is part two of the Bhopal disaster episode. Uh, part one is linked in the description. So this was recorded at the end of a day which involved six hours of podcasting. So if we sound a little bit loopy towards the end of the podcast, uh, that that's the reason for it. Um, anyway, on to the podcast. All right. So they had... I want to put some, like, relaxing music here, you know? Oh, but Yeah. <laughs> Put in some, like, relaxing Minecraft music or something. Yeah, exactly. So, they had, they had some tea, and then, after tea time... Alright, so, the reading on the tank kept rising, right? Mm. 25 PSI, 30 PSI, finally topping out at 55 PSI, which is as, hard as, oh. the, as wow. high as the gauge went, right? Off-scale high. Some of the indicators on field valves indicated 100 PSI and 100 degrees Celsius. Again, as far as they went, right? It is, so it's just vigorously reacting with this water. Yes, the, wa uh. the water's gone in. Um, Which is still being poured in. They're still pouring in the water. It's also full of metal schmoo, right? Which... Yeah, uh, um, of course. And like, I accidentally opened the valve that leads my kerosene tank to my fire tank. There's angry bubbles coming out of the water, right? Out of the dangerous chemical, excuse me. And it's all coming out the tank, you know, out there. So, one of the control room operators went to check on the tank himself, uh, heard a bunch of rumbling, heard the concrete, which, which was on top of the tank, cracking, hissing from the safety valve. All kinds of shit. And they decided, yeah, uh -huh. we should probably stop washing the pipes. Yeah. Well, points, points for quick thinking? Relatively quick thinking. Look, tea, yeah. time, tea time is sacred. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you need to have some tea time. They wouldn't have thought this clearly if they didn't have their tea. That's true. Yeah, you, uh, have, you have to have a caffeinated control room crew. I suppose yes. it's better than the Quebec Bridge episode, just like, uh, work just finished. Uh, I'm gonna go home. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the alarm sirens goes off automatically at this point, and it was too loud for the loudspeakers to be used, so they followed usual procedure and turned it off. Well, I mean, look, it's, it, it's an alarm siren. They're clearly alarmed, so job done. It also turned off the public alarm in the surrounding neighborhoods. Um, cool. <laughs> Tight. Very yes. good. So there were three tanks of MIC. They were all interconnected, right? This is only one of them. Um, mm -hmm. And the other two had had several successful transfers out of them that day. Um, now, this is one account which doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but it was in there, so I will relay it, because it is funny. Um... <laughs> By funny, do you mean terrifying? Same thing. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fuck, that, that's so much our brand, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So it's at, gruesome at, and therefore amusing, and we're not respecting the dead or whatever. At twelve twenty a.m., the interconnection between tank six ten, which is the problem tank, and the other two tanks was closed. Right. Mm -hmm. And according to some accounts, tank six ten immediately reared up out of its concrete housing. 
and stood up vertically, right? And oh, then the fell fuck? right back no. down. No, thank you. Which somehow didn't sever any of the pipes that led to it. Wow. That's, huh? that's the part well. I don't get on it. Um. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, fuck. If you told me that I, I keep coming back to Chernobyl just because of like the frame of this, of like the long lead up to it. If you told me that like a guy went into the reactor building and he saw the control rods bouncing up and down on the floor, uh, I would be like, no, that doesn't make any sense. So I I get it, but like I don't know, man. Just and imagine, yeah, stumbling into the control room. Just like you already know, bad shit's happening, and then you mm -hmm. run into that. Nope, like no tea time is indefinite now. I'm going home. Yeah, you, you see this tank, which you know to be full of uh, death, and uh, it, it's just it's it's out of the thing. That's yeah. I, I will say this, which is this is objectively a worse accident than Chernobyl. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> by far. And and yet, you know, this chemical is still legal in the United States. Mm-hmm. Where, 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 where's this miniseries? I was about to say, yeah. Alright, so at this point, workers were instructed to just evacuate the plant, right? The mm. supervisor determines that, yes, the tank is actually leaking, and yes, it was all about to go out the turned-off flare stack, right? So mm. they decide, alright. That's your moment of horror, right? Because you, you can't do anything about that, right? It's just gonna, it's just gonna go. Yes. So. MIC reacts with water to create actually much less harmful products, right? Um, still, mm. still pretty bad, but less harmful. So the idea was that they were going to try and use their firefighting equipment to just drench all the potential leak points and try and neutralize as much of this MIC as possible. At least this is my understanding. Um, that's again relatively mm. quick thinking. After this long, mm. like this long chain of like dumbass decisions, uh, that's I, I I don't know that I would have thought that quickly. I would have just been like shitting still. Yeah, uh, yeah, I too would just be shitting. And I mean, as as much as this MIC, of course, is all reacting with water in here, obviously because it's very high pressure, the MIC. The raw product is being forced out, so you can't count on it all being harmless by the time it makes out the stack, right? Now, mm -hmm. the thing is, their firefighting equipment was all busted. <sighs> it was all fucking broken. It's all garbage. It was like yeah. working at much reduced pressure. They couldn't mm -hmm. get all the water they needed everywhere they needed to be. They certainly couldn't get it at the top of the flare stack, right? This is... Mm. And furthermore, of course, because this water that was coming in here was full of shmoo, mm. there were additional reactions occurring, which weren't the usual MIC water reaction. Oh good. Just a black box mm. of like this this thing that's happening, you don't know what's- this is like, <laughs> firefighting nightmare mode. Yeah, mm. that's about right. So, they positioned the firefighting equipment, and you know, it was running at reduced pressure, it's still got a little bit of it, but you know, it's, it's not good. So, you know, this went out the RVVH, it went out the pipe out here, which went, uh, went into the vent grass scrubber, which of course was not working, so it went out the big pipe, right, and some of it went out the little pipe. 
uh, mostly out the big pipe. And it went out the big pipe. It went straight up the flare stack and vented, vented to atmosphere. I a question. Raising my hand here. Yes. What time is this? Because this is still night shift, so this has to be like, what, like 11? This was just after 12.20. Oh, okay. And it kept venting until 2.15. Just the times, the times where you really want to be trying to, like, evacuate people. All the is... bad stuff happens in the middle of the night, every single time. And the fucking time. alarms are off, too, because of course they are. So, yeah. so these, poor, these poor people just have, like, no fucking idea. That's just, that, that's the fucking scariest part to me. It's just yeah. assuming you basically don't get liquidated. You don't even get a fighting chance. Yeah. So, uh, temperatures inside tank 610 were still off the charts through this entire period. Keep that in mind. The tank did stay intact, despite all of this <laughs> absurd chemical reactions. Yeah, give, give, give that tank builder a medal. I was about to say, yeah. yeah. They did a fucking good job. Um, mm -hmm. Around 2.15 in the morning, they noticed that the MIC venting had affected the community outside the plant. All right. When you say affected. So, this is Bhopal Junction oh, I, I down here. I don't like that lack of an answer. This is, this is a different train station from the one we showed earlier. It's a less interesting building. So, the plant is up here in this plot, right? Okay. Yeah. Most of this gas was vented at a height of 33 meters. It drifted south and west, right? Mm. Right, right through this whole populated area. Uh, Bhopal Junction was straight in the middle. Um, a lot of close-in neighborhoods were actually spared the worst effects of the gas because it was vented high up in the atmosphere. But this yeah. is all gases which are denser than air, so it started drifting down. Right, mm, you just do a you just do a chemical weapons attack on a city. Yeah, and yeah. you know, again, like all horrible disasters, it happens in the middle of the goddamn night. Um, mm. and the alarm again, the alarm had been sounded briefly in silence so they can instruct the workers. Um, so the exact composition of this gas cloud is hotly disputed. We'll get into that later. Um, especially the presence of cyanide. Uh, which may or may not have been there. Um, a lot of folks noticed the smell of gas by 11.30 in the evening. A lot of folks were waking up feeling as asphyxiated by 12.45. And a lot of folks decided, all right, time to get the fuck out. Right? Mm. Wise. Wait, uh, just real quick. When you say people decided to get the fuck out, was there any direction at all? Anyone, like... From either the plant or like you know, like a local authority or just like wow. It well, the alarm like went off. Did it, I'm sorry, I missed that. I thought it it hadn't. So oh. no, there was a brief alarm which some people may have heard, some people may not have heard, right? And it was shut off so that right. you know they could direct workers at the plant, and the alarm <laughs> went off fairly frequently. So so, so people had been accustomed to not meaning anything. But what I was asking, so people basically. Felt sick, on their own accord, decided mm. to leave. Is that right? Yes. Did I that right? Jesus yes. Fuck. Okay. So a lot of folks right. decided to run away from the plant, right? Oh boy. As best they could. Logical. Yeah. The thing is, the gas cloud was also moving away from the plant. Cannot catch 
a fucking break. So uh, the one the one thing I I, I remember from like uh, I I spoke to a CBRN guy who he was he was doing talk about chemical weapons attacks and why they're so rare and why they don't kill a lot of people. Uh, and the the only piece of advice he had there is that it, you'll probably be fine. Just like go the direction into the wind, right? Uh, and so you're not like following the thing, uh, but like. Who the fuck knows that? I didn't know that. Yeah. No, and then can you imagine like that happening? It's 12:45 a.m. Yeah. And yep. you have to think you can't All breathe? Right, hey, I have to figure out where the wind is. Like even yeah. like and assuming like a city is relatively well lit at night at least parts of it like I don't know obviously everything but like can you fucking imagine being like oh yeah now we've got to walk in the direction of the wind where the thing that's literally choking me to death is coming from. Mhm. Mm like, yeah. there's the nope nope it is. It is like it, once we get to uh, uh, Capron too. There's a, there's a lot of this really perverse thing about surviving disasters. Turns out to be that you have to run towards the danger as the fastest way out of it. Which of course is not exactly a natural human response. No. Yeah. No. Plus, also, it doesn't really help you if you're like uh, the 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 one time when that doesn't apply, and you're like, oh no, it turns out you actually just rammed just headlong into your death. I should not like, have run into the giant, massive, rotating knives. That was yeah. that didn't work <laughs> yeah. for me this time. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking about like if that you know. I suppose if the uh, refinery in Philly really did blow it, and we had to get up at twelve forty-five, mm -hmm. like and just more or less run for it. I mean, we'd be dead in minutes. Prevailing winds bring it to South Philly. We'll talk about that later. Actually. I need to use the restroom. I'll be right back, and then we will okay. talk more about this. Yeah. Anyway, like it, as far as like counterintuitive decisions go, the other one is like running at all because, yeah, if you can't breathe, you you get the fuck like out. You're literally right? being choked for breath. Yeah. Yeah. It and perversely, it's it's safer to like. That's why they always tell you to like shelter in place, right? And you close all of your windows and your doors and shit. Uh, and you like try to keep breathing whatever like air you have in in your house or your apartment or whatever because you don't want to be going outside. But on the other hand, if you can't breathe, you just you, you yeah, just die. I, I, yeah. I mean, and obviously, like as we know, everything leaks. Gas and mm -hmm. liquids get into everything. Mm -hmm. So just yeah. I'm, like I was just thinking, like trying to imagine like waking either Roz or my girlfriend up at twelve forty five a.m. and like. Mm -hmm. Shaking them awake and being like, "We have, we have to go," not yeah. knowing where we're going, not knowing what's happening. No. I mean, maybe conceivably we could see the South Philly refinery on fire or whatever. But saying to them, "We have to drive." I don't know in what direction. We just have mm -hmm. to like get away. Hopefully, we basically pick the right direction to run it. Yeah, like I absolutely. just I, that's so. I, <laughs> The thing that gets me about Bhopal, and the thing that really got me about Chernobyl and a couple of these other disasters, you know, we've done, is just the sheer fucking callousness of it. Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. know, we talked about when we talked about Grenfell. Yeah, the, just for like sure. the you know, the fact that this chemical is still legal in the United States, the fact that you know Warren Anderson wasn't basically rushed back to India on the next flight and hanged. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's. Just, it, it's we do we do a show about uh, the the way I would categorize it, and I would I would keep this in mind for everybody listening for future episodes. Is we don't do a show about accidents, right? We do a right. show about disasters, 
that very little about this is accidental in any real sense because there's always going to be material causes. Uh, back to that. Back to our friend, the profit motive again. Uh, and so, it, like, yeah. On the one hand, some of this stuff just seems like bad luck, but on the other hand, it it's it's a consequence of very active, very conscious decisions being made by people who will never ever feel Over consequences. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's a thing that I think we do try to hammer home for, especially people who don't think we take this shit seriously, like. We, I think there's a general, just genuine anger, even at this shit hmm. being categorized as an accident. Like, yes, in the most, like, basic sense, I suppose it was. But that framing, especially, you know, yeah. with all the kind of, whatever, neo-colonialism around it, is, is fucking, it, you're treating these people like subhuman, don't fucking do that. Like, this is a city the size of Philly. Yeah, the, the the board of Union Carbide didn't like sneak in there with a burglar mask and a wrench and like open any of the valves, but morally they may as well have done. Uh, Although and, we will uh, get there. Yes, yeah. and I I feel like that's that's becoming more and more explicit as the show kind of like finds its feet and we find our our, our like consistent voice or whatever is like it, it's a it's not a mysterious act of God's love if you like, and it's it's. Insulting to claim it as one, and it's uh, that's why we're all so angry. The people built a fucking shitty chemical plant. Like that's just what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was not it was built poorly. There were procedures that should have been followed, even if you're in a country other than the United States. <laughs> right. It just shows such a blatant disregard. And I think one of the things that, like, I I kind of talk about sometimes in my personal life, you know, with like people who don't get along or whatever. It's like Sometimes shit is no one's fault. And I understand mm -hmm. that it's like a very human thing to find blame uh, and to find rationale for things. And that's not always possible. But in, in all of these things, it's very possible. It's okay. And you should be angry at people who treat, you know, a country like India or especially like the entire continent of Africa as basically a dumping ground. Like mm -hmm. you should be pissed yes. off about that. Yeah. The, the, the fact that it has. You know, I'm 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 gonna do the I'm gonna do the good Marxist thing again and say that the fact that individuals may not be strictly relevant and that it has material causes doesn't absolve you from being fucking furious at those individuals right. because they're still gonna they're, they're they're fine. You know, uh, yeah, you the, pe the people who caused these mad things. At Warren Anderson, who died peacefully in his home, like yes. you you should be uh, you should be fucking mad about that. Yeah. You should be mad about the United States. Just straight up not giving a shit about fifty thousand plus people dying or being sick because it just didn't happen here. Like that's yeah. so. It's yeah. So, Aaron, um, back to the comedy. <laughs> comedy tragedy. What's the difference? All right. So, most a lot of folks who ran away from the gas cloud ran with the gas cloud. They inhaled more of the gas and died. You know, keeled yeah. over in the street. Yeah, wow. Liam and I were talking about this, and we talked about like the impossibility of the 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 quote unquote smart option, which is to either shelter in place or try to like run into the wind direction. Is like how the fuck do you do either of those things? Yeah, the thing you wanted to do, um, which of course no one knew to do, was put a wet cloth over your face. 
Um, mm. And those few people who knew that was what to do fared pretty good. If you sheltered in place, um, you were usually better off than the folks who fled on foot. A lot of people fled in vehicles, too. Well, not a lot of people. Like, I think I, I read like 5% of people fled in vehicles. They were mostly mm. fine. Um, yeah. But like that, but that's so basic. That's kind of what I was talking about. You can say, as Union Carbide, like, hey, we don't think anything's ever going to go wrong. But, like, if it does, put a wet cloth over your face. Like, we'll deal with it. Shit happens. Mm-hmm. Not hey. even being able to do that. Not even to being able to have the most base of humanity to say, here's, here's, here's a way to give yourself slightly better odds. Well, the the thing is, Liam, that costs money, and uh, they have that's they have a duty of, to like, their shareholders. That's like printing to... some pamphlets and shit. Pr- printing pamphlets costs money, and they have a duty to their shareholders uh, to maximize their return. The state uh, of Delaware was a fucking. We should burn it to the ground. There's seventy three <laughs> chemical plants like right around me right now, not including like Atlantic Refining. Excuse me, Sunoco. Mm-hmm. Excuse I, me, Philadelphia have, Energy Solutions. Um, and um, and burn Houston tail and see yeah. how they like it. I've yeah. never I've never received a single pamphlet saying what I should do in case I, I don't know. Let's no. say a, a hydrogen fluoride tank explodes. <laughs> Literally, the the common factor between all three hosts of this show is that we all live across the street from uh, extremely dangerous heavy industry. Yes, and a laundromat. <laughs> computerized. Um, it is computerized. They sell right. cigar. They never put an S on that side, so it just says cigar. And I always like the idea that they do stock one single cigar. Yeah, it's like no, you can't have it. It's a, it's on like a velvet cushion underneath bulletproof glass. Mm-hmm. It's that episode of Futurama. Yeah, yeah. They sell cigars across the street. No, they sell cigar. Weren't you listening? Uh, <laughs> Justin's gonna get into smoking cigar. Oh, not again! <laughs> oh my god, the issue is like when I smoke a cigar, like it feels great when I'm doing it, and then like the next day I get this like residual tobacco in my mouth for the rest of the day. I'm like, mm. this is garbage. That, yeah, I don't want to yeah, do yeah, this. That, that, that's me with vaping, right? As I get the I get the vaping lung thing where like I I feel like my lungs have been coated in like popcorn grease for the next week. Uh, <laughs> Same thing with cigarettes. Okay. Like I just can't. I don't understand how people get addicted to them because it's like when I have one, I'm I mean, like, I, I never want to have hey. another one. <laughs> hey, yeah, it, it just it, it makes it makes your head spin and in it a makes fun you way. Cool, duh. Yeah, that well, that well, sure want to be cool. I've never. Hey, been I had cool. to, I, I quit. I quit smoking because a it's insanely expensive and b. Um, I, I, it just made me a massive bitch to everyone I came into contact with, because like it was like, it has been a minute and a half since I smoked a cigarette, and now I'm going to be the world's biggest cunt. You could become, yeah, a, you could become a Red Scare host. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, let's deal with morbid reality. All right. Do we have so, to? I was I was enjoying distracting us and getting us off topic by talking about morbid reality. All right, fine. All right, let's so. keep desensitizing ourselves. So mo- most of uh, yeah, so folks who were running away from the gas were actually inhaling more gas. People five kilometers away were feeling the influence of MIC, you know, which causes your eyes to water and a whole bunch of other garbage. But you know, if you're far enough away, it's just like tear gas, right? Um, mm. Now lots of cows in the area because this was a little bit more rural at the time. Lots of people's livestock just started to keel over by one forty-five in the morning. Just like cow, 
cow tipping, but like it kills the cows, right? You know. Oh. Union you carbide. Can just say 145. 145 what? You said 145 a.m. in the morning. Well. Oh, again? Did I, I will die on this hill. Oh my god. <laughs> so, Union oh, Carbide... Oh, oh, 0145 hours. Yes. Oh, 0145 hours. Union Carbide told the police, who had been oh alerted to lots of disturbances in the area, including massive crowds of people leaving the area and, like, a giant gas cloud, so on and so forth, that the leak, I'm doing air quotes, the leak mm -hmm. had been, still doing air quotes, plugged at 3 a.m. Oh, right? the Lockbag Antique uh, routine. Yes. Hmm. Which it's, hmm. is the same time that the first uh, reports of fatalities were uh, coming in to the police. I... Je this is testing my usual it's good and cool to lie to the police principle. There's sometimes that you should not lie to the police. Um, mm. You just have to th you have to think very carefully about it, I think. Well, I can say pretty confidently one of those times you should not lie to the police. When, when there's an incident occurring, which mm. is well beyond your control, maybe you should just tell the police what is happening. If they're not going to arrest you, you should just tell them what is happening. I mean, they might yeah. arrest you anyway because they're the police. You, you never know. Yeah. But just actually making it worse because they keep trying to shoot the tank and it just depressurizes <laughs> it more. So it's just a level of whatever counter Trying, to, trying yeah. to shoot the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, there's also like chaos and pandemonium at hospitals, right? Because they're overwhelmed mm -hmm. with folks with serious respiratory symptoms and chemical burns, right? Well, look at all these hospitals, right? There's like, what, six of them in that photo alone? Seven. Yes, there's uh, um, one that was very close to the incident. Um, I believe it's right about here, which got hit the hardest. Um, mm. Also, I, I don't know. I'm, this is a lot more hospitals than we have in the United States. I, the Indians have their shit together, it seems. Yeah. Um, India, actually very nice, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> so the yeah pro pro, pro India podcast is not so a pro Modi podcast. Pro yeah, I thought we should specify that some of the worst um, stuff that happened, but also some of the biggest heroics um, was at the train station right here in the epicenter, right Bhopal Junction, right. Um, mm. Which again is not the train station we showed earlier; that was further down the line. Uh, Bhopal Junction is here because there's a, a Y here. So, you know, this is where most trains stop, as opposed to the main train station, where fewer train stops. This is the train station of convenience, as opposed to the train station, which has the architect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is, again, from um, the book I was referencing before, the Bhopal Saga. The two railway employees who were on the shift this night stuck to their posts and tried to send messages to adjoining stations to stop all incoming trains. When the Garakfer Express approached, they walked onto the rails and signaled with lamps, but were not detected until it was too late. When the train Jesus. arrived at the station, the station, master, the, the station master immediately went out to send it away. The two employees died. The station master became an invalid. The station was, as usual, crowded with travelers, porters, homeless people, 
and also a group of gypsies, uh, the Roma people, of course. I'm just quoting, quoting directly, folks. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. They were all found dead the next morning. Jesus. Um, and there were a lot of pilgrims in town for... Alice, you may have to help me here. Ishtima? Ishtima, okay. Yeah, it's it, it's a, it's like a an Indian Muslim thing. It's like a, a gigantic conference, and it's once again cannot catch a fucking break. Right? It's just everything lines up to make this as bad as possible. Mm -hmm. So, around Ima imagine imagine sending that train on when you're like, yeah, I mean, that's probably the closest thing to a route out, and you're like, no, I'm I'm actually gonna stay. I. You know, the thing is, I I know a lot of ways to signal a train to stop, right? Which is just mm -hmm. wave anything red. How do yeah. you signal a train to keep going? Yeah, yeah a lot of, I hope you have a lot of green lamps. Yeah. I, uh, I very rarely, uh, at this point, gear up or cry uh, when we record these, but I mm. just did, so, in case anyone's yeah. worried. Yeah, I just... It's, it, again, the idea... I think it, it not to get too bogged down here, but when we talk about you know the kind of like healthcare heroes and stuff like that, it's mm -hmm. like yeah, it's important to recognize like the decency of humanity, but I think yeah. it's also people kind of get buried in that they want to, you know, we always want to talk about the nobility of people, but you have to also remember like these people never stood a fucking chance. Oh no, not about no, it's. <sighs> And like, I think also the other thing about the heroics is that it kind of it has a way of erasing how miserable it is. And like, it, there's there's no getting like these these guys who were currently uh, eulogizing did die, right? There's yes. not anything else going on for them, and they died miserably suffering. And the fact that they did so in order to uh, save a bunch more lives makes that very, very laudable, but I don't think we should let that overshadow the the suffering that they were caused in doing so by a bunch of Americans in, in suits. Yes. In Danbury, yeah, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Miserable place. Also uh, burned Connecticut to the ground. Ugh. Oh, God. Alright, so around 6am the next morning, um, Police vans with mounted lance, police vans with mounted lance loudspeakers. Excuse me. It's been a long day. Yeah, yeah. it's been but a now, long day, and this one's been emotional too. They started announcing in um, but whatever the is, is the language whatever the language is. There's 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 like there's well, yeah, Hindi's the lingua franca, there. but there's like a couple of hundred languages. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the unfortunate thing I did later in the show is I tried using Indian numbers, which is going to be confusing. Anyway, so they started announcing something had gone wrong somewhere. Everything is normal now. Citizens are requested to return to their homes. Cool. That's almost parody. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everyone who's dead is already dead. Sure. Yeah, I mean, w w once again, not not to make this hack-ass observation that I want to do every time that's like, oh, this is uh, Chernobyl, the Soviet Union, casual disregard for human life, but like, to be like, everything's fine. Just, you're just driving the truck around over like heaps of bodies and stuff. Ca is... Casual disregard from you for whom human life is a 
very much a capitalist thing. Um, mm, yeah. Official relief efforts did not get, get underway until later that morning. Um, again, we had to have tea time first. Yeah. Well, you know, you need some caffeine. Just a, mm. a minuscule amount of caffeine because it's tea. <laughs> just like, just like w w walking, walking to the temporary mortuary with a "Don't even talk to me until I've had my tea" mug. <laughs> Drink some fucking coffee like an adult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, aside. Get some fucking coffee. Anyway, so mm. you wouldn't need tea time if you just drank fucking coffee. Get a twenty-four <laughs> ounce fucking Wawa coffee, and yeah. you will be able to handle the disaster. Anyway, we all, we all cope in different ways. <laughs> when the morning light came, the extent of the disaster was obvious. In areas around the factory, every goat, cat, dog, cow, and buffalo had died. Outside and inside oh. the houses, dead human bodies were lying. Only the birds and rats did not die. In a few days, all the leaves of the trees fell off and the grass became yellow. The day after the dying, several thousand Bhopal residents tried to storm the factory. Plant, of, plant officials and police guarding the plant only succeeded in turning the crowd away by telling them that another poisonous gas leak was in progress. That's cynical. That's fucked. I mean, on, on the other hand, I, I kind of guess it because if they hadn't, they would have lynched all of them and they would have been right to. But, oh man. Out of the hospitals in the area, the doctors and the staff were taken completely by surprise as thousands upon thousands of survivors entered the gates. They were half-blinded, gasping for breath, foaming at the mouth, and vomiting. Most of the patients had to be treated outside. There was no time to keep any kind of records. All types of medicines were tried to give relief. When the hospitals got hold of the doctor of the plant, they were given the message. It is only like tear gas. Yeah, sure, that's why everyone's fucking dead. The, pa yeah. the patient's clothes, hair, and beards were impregnated with toxic emissions that also affected the medics. One student died after successfully treating a child with mouth-to-mouth -mouth respiration. <laughs> this is a really bleak thing. Is um, yeah. I, I I remember when I uh, <laughs> when I did my first uh, like serious first aid course, I was like, "Man, I'm, I'm I have this CPR face shield thing. I'm never gonna use this ever." Uh, and you just like you just know the one <laughs> the one time when you need it, right? Yeah, <sighs> it's the time when you really really need it. Yeah, you don't need it often, but uh, does uh -huh. it? Does it help? I just and like not even to to make this all about you know today coronavirus whatever, but mm -hmm. you know uh, it's just the flu, whatever bullshit. New York has yeah. twenty thousand more deaths than they normally do. There's a story about uh, a doctor in um, in New York who worked in Columbia who like killed herself the other day. Yeah, and it's just we keep talking like I said about these healthcare heroes or whatever. And I think in a way it, it strips people of their humanity mm -hmm. because it, yeah. it it forces suffering into these neat little boxes, and it forces like these people to just kind of become these faceless orbs that just do good or do bad. And I think like we should talk about the decency and humanity in people, but like in 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 a way that recognizes the lack of agency, right? right. Uh, 
I, 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 the one thing I, I think about is um, uh, NHS, NHS trusts in the UK, one of the things that they're doing uh, as kind of a psychological measure is uh, you set a room aside where your medical staff can come off of the ward and just fucking punch walls and scream at stuff for a while, uh, and like, and then go back to work. And I, I feel like that's, uh, I, I don't even have have like the word a good that comes way of to mind is insulting hmm. because like uh, it's it's, it's, it's helpful, insulting, but like yeah, no, I, I, I think sounds like having a therapy dog. Yeah, and that's exactly right. It's like you know, we know you're you're drowning and you can't you know keep your head above water. But look yeah. at all these you know, look at all these dogs we brought for you to cuddle like during finals week or something. And it's like go fuck yourselves. I I think it's just like they I think they just like just set aside a room where you can like have a breakdown and like I I'm sure it is helpful, right? I, the, the reason why I bring it up isn't even that it's insulting. I don't think it's that uh, I think that. It reflects, like, if you if you're a hero, you're just kind of stoically bearing through this, and that, like, I think it is, I think it's not. That's not realistic. That's not how people act. I think people can act heroically and be like, yeah, this is actually this is fucking shit. This is the worst time mm -hmm. of my life. I hate every second of this, and you still do the thing. I I I really I, I hate this idea that like you 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 are this kind of like you you're this aloof. Kind of, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're you're just grinning and bearing it inst instead of like, no, this is this is a horrible thing that has that is happening. Uh, the fucking Blue Angels flyover we had today, which oh, by the way, now that's we, insulting. We, we couldn't even see. Well, well, we already paid for the flight time. Shut up. Like... We couldn't even see. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite my, my friend of the show, Matt Lobchansky, they had a, a, a tweet that was like, the only time I'm going outside is I, I, I'm going out onto my balcony to flip off the Blue Angels. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yep. Yep. It's just like, well, the flight time's paid for, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, that's not the fucking point. Mm -hmm. Like, the fucking point is that we're still doing this shit. We have more aircraft carriers than everybody else fucking put together. And yet, for some goddamn reason, we can't get people fucking masked. Yeah. Like, that's... Th there aren't words for how, how pissed off I am and you should be. I'm gonna throw some numbers at you. Oh, which no. are, like the coronavirus numbers, understated. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the official death toll was initially 2,259. Raider lays to 3,787. Uh, there were... 558,125 people injured by the gas cloud. Oh, what the fuck? No, uh, so, wait. It, general rule of thumb, right, is that like the deaths are like 10% of the total casualties, right? Yes. So that... that it, it, 3,787 3, dead and half a million injured? So, well, some... Estimates of the initial deaths are much higher, up to 16,000 or so. Um, there were also 3,900 people severely and permanently disabled. Uh, yeah. And again, the, the death toll of 16,000 is probably still too low. Um, because, yeah. again, this is India in the 1980s. Uh, it's not like mm -hmm. every, everyone was... By their own admission, yeah. they, they could not keep up with the paperwork. Yeah. As much as this is a um, 
relatively developed country. It's not like uh it's it's a developed country that's been immediately overwhelmed and yes. also was in a in, in a period of like unprecedented growth at this point. Yes. Uh you don't get everyone. I mean we don't get anyone in the don't get everyone in the United States with, you know. No, we we certainly anything. don't in yeah. Britain. Yeah. 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 You never get everyone on these things and this is just a, an absurd mass casualty event which which is completely unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Um right. So Talk about the aftermath. Now we're looking at the ruins of the factory. Um, one of the things you may notice about the ruins of the factory is that there are ruins of the factory, right? Yeah, they're still there. It doesn't even look like there's a fence or anything. Well, mm. usually parts of these chemical plants are resaleable. You know, you can relocate them to a new location. You can, <clears throat> you know, rebuild them. You, you, you because you know these processing units are very valuable. Um, you know, yeah, they're yeah. very expensive. Yeah. You can, very you can, you can turn the rest of the thing into condos that are called something like the apartments at. Yeah, you just take out all the yeah. uh, the process. The loft. It's got to be the loft at. <laughs> one of the things about one of the things about the Bhopal plan is all these things are so badly constructed they couldn't resell them. Good. <laughs> Not so, good. So they're, they're all just still fuck there. Fucking carbide. <laughs> yeah. carbide. They're just like. Um, it's it the fact that it's like uneconomic to like take it apart is probably the most heartbreaking thing. Like imagine imagine you gotta live there and you gotta see that shit. I believe the um, the, uh, the actual flare stack I believe was attached to this scaffold here, right? Mm. Um, that's that's the one thing I could not get a picture of, unfortunately, because I, I was I couldn't find it. Um, so here's here's the thing. Union Carbide, of course, is a responsible public corporation, right? Mm-hmm. Who is it responsible to? The shareholders? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Maximum return <laughs> I on investments. That. I love so, what I'm right. Yeah. So the first act is to limit its revi- limit the company's liability, right? Yeah. Why why am why am I trying to get a law degree again? <laughs> So, they have a pretty bold legal defense. Um, number one, that plant is not ours. It's Union Carbide uh-huh. India Limited, not Union Carbide. Which was majority owned by who? Union yeah. Carbide. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> which, which shares a name <laughs> with... Irrelevant, yeah. right? Number- yeah, ch- ch- check this out, check this out. Uh, tra- train good, Union Car Bad. Huh? Uh, a little bit of, like, lightening good. the mood a little bit? <laughs> yes. Yeah, sure. Why the hell not? Number two, if it is our plant, we didn't do it. It was sabotaged okay. by radical Sikhs. Oh, yes, of course. Those, <laughs> Ra- those radical, radical Sikhs. Sikhs. Radical Sikhs. Well, I mean, th- this, is, this is about in time for the, like, uh, her bodyguards to have murdered Indira Gandhi, but like, that was because she literally had a tank drive through the front door of the Golden Temple in Amritsar. That's not... Why, why would... <sighs> I've, I've never met a, a Sikh who wasn't like the nicest person I've ever met. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I well, in, in Indira met- Gandhi did, but <laughs> she kind of had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> probably don't, probably don't. Like, if somebody ran through the synagogue uh, with a truck, uh, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too mad if that person were instantly killed. Yeah, in Minecraft. Oh, mm. God. It's, uh, <laughs> it's fine, whatever. <laughs> Number three is, if we did it, it wasn't that bad because MIC, it's basically tear gas, right? 
This, this is, is Donald Trump defense. Yeah, the, 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 the like staged fallback lines yeah. are what really fucked me here. Is yeah. like it is so it it's not even like a limiting liability in it just in a legal sense. It is limiting liability in a purely financial sense. It is it, if we can stymie this at the earliest opportunity, great. If not, then the next thing. If not, then the next thing. And each one of those is designed to try to limit the amount you pay. Number four. If it was that bad, it was someone else's fault. You know, that incompetent Indian medical system, right? Yeah, I mean, a competent medical system is totally prepared for 3,000 people to show up with... Folding up the mouth and dropping dead, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number five, if it was our fault, we can outspend and outlive you. And they were right. Yes. That's That's the thing that gets me, they were right. They. Mm. So this was coupled with a widespread and expansive PR campaign showing how Union Carbide was being a good corporate steward, assisting in cleanup and relief efforts, paying compensation, blah blah blah. Union Carbide never admitted culpability in any court, and this defense strategy worked extremely well. Multiple civil and criminal lawsuits have been filed against Union Carbide and its CEO, Warren Anderson, over the past few decades, as late as 2012, right? Mm-hmm. All of them had been dismissed in U.S. court, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Numerous and, and repeated uh, extradition requests were refused, etc. Yeah. And while Union Carbide, the company, started to fall apart, right? It was eventually absorbed into Dow Chemical. Warren Anderson himself <laughs> lived on and w- died uh, a free man in 2014, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A- actual legal proceedings happened in Indian courts in India, of course, because that's where the yeah. Indian courts are. Um, and the government of rapidly industrializing India passed the Bhopal Gas Leak Act in March 1985, which authorized it itself to represent the victims in court. Right? The government- Are you suggesting that a government might be acting corruptly? There's no conflicts of interest here. None whatsoever. Uh Um, (laughs) there's no way. I mean- (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, 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 imagine you get you get that letter, and you're like, "Yeah, cool. The government's gonna gonna take over my case, and like they they're gonna represent me as a, as a citizen." And then the government is just like, "Hmm, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help." <laughs> sorry, sorry for being a Reaganite there for a second. <laughs> um, so there were also a few efforts from Union Carbide to muddy the waters, right? Hmm. Okay, so let's start with, um, I think, uh, the less dumb one, which is the cyanide controversy, right? Mm -hmm. This is something which is very hotly debated. Um, So cyanide is a very known quantity as to what it does to the human body. It also has a readily available and mostly non-toxic antidote, right? It's usually very safe to administer in any sort of situation where you suspect there might be cyanide poisoning. And there's, there's, there's a little bit of confusion here as to why it was not administered as much as it could have been 
because mm. even Union Carbide's doctors said you should administer the cyanide antidote, like if it seems like you may have cyanide poisoning. Um, but in court, Union Carbide argued, you know, there's no way the MIC could have formed significant amounts of cyanide, right? Despite evidence of cyanide poisoning amongst the, among the deceased, right? And again, Union Carbide's doctor said you should try anti-cyanide antidotes, and not a lot of those antidotes were given to people. Um, among mm-hmm. those folks who received cyanide antidotes, most of them recovered pretty quickly. <laughs> hmm. Weird. But the, the I- doctor on site, of course, who said it was mostly like tear gas, um, said, you know, just give people a bunch of water, right? Hmm. Sure. It's, yeah. This is such a legalistic argument to be like, oh, well, the, the, the presence or the absence of, uh, of these particular molecules and the gas cloud coming from my plant, which is causing people to die, uh, that's very relevant to my liability, whether or not this, this carbon is attached to this hydrogen in this way. Well, as I understood it, there was a big, big legal argument where Union Carbide insisted there was no way that this, this tank full of MIC reacting with excess water and various uh, oxidized metal schmoo, um, there was no way it could ever have exceeded 250 degrees Celsius where cyanide would be produced, right? Mm. Despite the fact that this was off-scale pressure and temperature on every single gauge in the plant, right? Yeah, I mean, my, my, my answer to that is, uh, you know, uh, my <laughs> motion for the respondent to crack open a vial of that shit in the courtroom if it's so drink safe. It. Yeah, drink it. I was about to say, but, yeah. Well, I really appreciated that farmer, I think, in Nebraska, after, you know, fracking is safe, fracking is safe, uh, came mm. to a hearing and had a bit of groundwater. Uh, yeah, I was just like, "All right, you drink it, like drink it, coward." My my favorite legal motion is still a uh, mo- motion for prosecutor to spend the night in the jail if he thinks it's so safe. <laughs> God, all right. So the the cyanide controversy is very. Very stupid because you know, who care? Uh, I guess I guess Union Carbide would have more liability if it could be conclusively confirmed mm-hmm. that cyanide mm-hmm. was in the cloud. Sure, but, but it's know, immoral like, to no. ask people to even make that determination yes. and, and to, in order know. to get yes. some kind of justice for it. And again, there were a lot of signs amongst the deceased of cyanide poisoning. You know, the uh, cherry red viscera being one of them. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cy- Not going to be thinking about that for a while. Oh, boy. Well, you signed up for this. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I signed you up for this. Yes. <laughs> so, in addition to the cyanide controversy, like, there's definitely no cyanide in the cloud of chemical gases which reacted violently with various other chemicals that we don't know what they are, which all contain the components of cyanide. Um, there was also the sabotage theory that Union Carbide put forth, right? Radical Sikhs. 
hate those radical Sikhs. I was about to say, radical Sikhs. You know, they're always carrying knives around, you know? Uh. <laughs> Which I respect highly. I kind of want to, you know, it makes me want to be a Sikh. Seems like a mm. dope I, fucking religion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of I kind of love that this happened before you could use Muslims for this. And so they just like e picked the even dumber option of like six. It's the turban guys. The <laughs> turban guys did it. <laughs> Not us. Nice innocent union carbide. Mm -hmm. So they said someone, possibly a radical Sikh, they later changed their stories to a, a disgruntled worker. Um, oh, had deliberately sabotaged the plant, right? And their theory was that they had introduced water into the MIC tank via a missing pressure gauge, right? Because so you're you're telling me that history's greatest chemical terrorist just showed up to work one day, yeah, and did exactly the right thing in exactly the right place to uh, just no, kill. Well. Apparently, mm -hmm. exactly what he was doing the whole time, which yeah. seems totally plausible to me. I don't think there's any reason to investigate this any further, frankly. Mm -hmm. I imagine most of the workers on the ground knew that, like the the extent of how bad the safety procedures were. But like, also, this is this is a method of sabotage which is highly risky to your own life and limb. And number mm -hmm. two would only put the non-functioning tank out of service. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the fact that it's like, it, it would kill you too, that's not necessarily a determinant. Ask me about my plan to like, throw hands with the like, reanimated soul of Andreas Lubit sometime. <laughs> but like, uh, the, the fact that it could have been worse is a big one for me. There's a lot of reasons why there's a lot of holes in this theory. Um, not just that like, it would put your own life and limb in, at risk if you're the saboteur, um, you know, why would you sabotage the broken tank as opposed to one of the action, uh, working tanks? You know, one of the main issues is, like, the water hoses didn't fit the broken pressure gauge. Mm. You can't actually put the water in that way without, like, holding it there for hours. Yeah, it was just a guy just standing there, like looking at his watch, just with, just filling it up with a hose the whole time. Yeah, and he even skipped the tea break. <laughs> 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 well, that's when he that's when he did it. It's the perfect crime. This is like this this turns into like an Agatha Christie locked room mystery. The lights go out, we hear a gunshot, and then there's just a guy just like with a hose. So Union Carbide was forced to recant this theory in court. Mm -hmm. But if you go on their PR website, which is somehow still up, still active www.bopaul.com No. Which oh makes me feel sorry for the city that they couldn't get that for their municipal right? website. Ima fucking imagine that. <laughs> like, imagine Philadelphia.com is a thing about how you, like, died because, I don't know, it wasn't my why fault. why the move bombing was good, actually. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, God. They still maintain on that site that the cause of the accident was sabotage. This is according to a report on that site, which I didn't look at because I don't believe it. Just out, out of hand. I'm, I'm on the website, and it is... It's fucking bad. Responsible <laughs> Care is a registered service mark at the American Chemistry Council, Inc. We're gonna get to that. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. A great deal has been written and or broadcast about the tragedy in the ensuing years. Some, Some of it factual, factual but, but much of it inaccurate or misleading. misleading. I need another sure. drink. I'll be right back. <laughs> because the government closed off the site for many and all operations following the gas release, the UCIL, notice how they don't use Union Carbide, was only able to undertake cleanup work in the years just prior to the UCC sale of its stock in 1994. It spent some $2 million on that effort. Wow, how fucking noble. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so Yeah, congratulations for, for kind of paying to fix your mistake. Maybe you shouldn't have been so fucking negligent in the first place. I hate mm -hmm. this just like, well, you know, sometimes accidents happen and that's just the way it is. It's like, no, no, no. Sometimes you just don't fucking care about people and then a whole yeah. bunch of people die and you're held legally liable and then you think, wow, I would sure love to shimmy my way out of this one. That's what you fucking I, did. Like, just... yeah. At least admit it. I, I, I'm well. You can't admit it because if you admit it, then you have to pay people, and that's an externality. Oh, yeah, exactly. God forbid. The shareholders will be mad. Yeah. Um. Another thing. This is funny. It was only mentioned as an aside. Um. Was that one of one of Union Carbide's first defenses was that their Institute West Virginia plant, right, had mm. the same design and safety features. As the Bhopal plant, right? And this is why it had to be operator incompetence. Hmm. Well, if, if if it's so bad, then how come this one hasn't killed a bunch of people, huh? You got you got to pay a lot of money for lawyering that good. I just, I'm sorry. I just I love the idea of, of just like as gruesome and cynical as it is that like union car by a lawyer, hopefully in like a top hat made out of bald oh, yeah. eagle. And like mm -hmm. children's tears, uh, just coming into court, smoking a cigar, and being like, "Well, it has happened." You know, if you're so smart, yeah. Look, look at all these West Virginians; they're alive. Mm -hmm. Oh, unless they get black lung disease, but that's not our fault. Hey, we uh, we 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 did our shitty thing where we where we killed a bunch of people in West Virginia already. West Virginia is <laughs> the United States' own internal colony. Um, uh, but <laughs> the the thing is. Then the Institute West Virginia plant is, of course, upwind of Charleston, West Virginia, the largest mm -hmm. city in West Virginia, and also capital, I think? Yeah, um, I believe so. So what happened when they mentioned this in court, and it was reported, was that there were massive yes, protests is. to get the Institute West Virginia plant <laughs> shut down once they mention it. It's like, no, we're not going to do this again because, of course, it, Institute West Virginia is upwind of Charleston. <laughs> oh, that rules. So they, they had to recant their um, testimony in Indian court <laughs> to say that, oh, no, actually the safety procedures at Bhopal were a lot worse. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, worst, the worst part is that you know that they only did that after doing uh, an analysis and figuring out that that would cost them less than shutting down the Institute plant in order to prove a point. Oh, God. And Institute is called Institute because West Virginia State is right here. That's what this green patch uh, is. I, I said that. <laughs> well, no, I'm no, highlighting it. Oh, oh, my okay. God. We've been here. We have. I know. Yeah, we have. We went to Visapalooza on I-64. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing about Visapalooza, and here's a here's a, a hopefully lighthearted bit. So we rented a Ford Fusion hybrid, which Hell yeah. which was great 
uh, downhill. And by great, I mean terrifying. Because uphill, <laughs> it sounded constantly like it wanted to die. It was just, it mm. hated it. It couldn't produce any power. Uh, the guy right ahead of us lost a tire on his trailer, which was super tight, like less than an hour into the drive. And so I had to heroically swerve to avoid him. You're welcome for not dying, Roz. Uh, but all the way down into West Virginia Hills, just I constantly was like, ah, we're going to hit VMAX in this Enterprise Ford Fusion. <laughs> 5% grade, next 5 miles. Yep. <laughs> 64 is a hell of a highway. Why have you just drawn a giant dick and balls on uh, Charleston there, by the way? Because West Virginia is a big dick state. Alright. So, you know, they had to admit that the Institute plant was designed much more safely. Right? So, hmm. anyway. So this is a... What's up? This is a picture from 2006. Um, you'll notice you want Osama, give us Anderson. Yeah. Uh, please not me, though. Why? why with, hmm? My last name is Anderson. That was no, the, no, that no. Was I mean, why, why, why is Osama, Osama in Osama India? Osama was in India in 2006? Like, it's why did you history. think Osama was in India? It's either India or Pakistan. It turned Our out to be Pakistan. services sometimes... Well, te technically correct, yes. ...are not great. <laughs> Yeah, look, at th at this point, this like, Osama is, like, uh, living in Pakistan's equivalent of West Point, and just, like, watching Whitney Houston videos and, like, Bible Black on CD. Um, that's true, by the way, he had Bible Black on his computer. Osama had a lot of weird stuff on his computer. Oh, yeah. They won't release 100%. the porn. That's one of the things that really annoys me, is that they won't release the porn. Like... Come on now, give us Osama's porn collection. Isn't there like, mm -hmm. I thought there was like a list of what the porn was, but they won't release the porn. Um, Because I thought it was like a whole bunch I'm, of hentai. I'm gonna look. Well, yeah, although they weren't sure whether it was like his hentai? Someone else, I'm, I'm just holding this hentai, it's not my <laughs> hentai. <laughs> I've never seen this hentai before in my life. No, 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 CIA to release huge cache of classified Osama Bin Laden files except his pornography stash. Uh, look, we, I, I paid taxes, right? So <laughs> you, you heard it here, folks. The only, the only thing that which is actually protected by copyright is pornography. Yeah, honestly, this is, if we ever get around to making the CIA episode, I'm gonna put that in. We're not, we're not somebody, somebody tried to FOIA um, Bin Laden's porn, and the CIA outflanked them because it would be illegal for them to mail obscene matter to them. We're gonna release all the bonus episodes on OnlyFans from here on out. <laughs> 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 Alright, so anyway, this picture is from 2006. Um, again, when they thought uh, Osama Bin Laden was uh, in India, right? So, mm. a lot of the lawsuits worked their way through Indian courts, uh, again, with the government representing the victims, right? So the Only in the best of faith, I'm sure. The Indian government, which had no conflicts of interest, mm. didn't want too high of a settlement, right? They wanted to signal that India was open for business, right? No, for fuck's sake. So, they thought mm. something on the order of 3.3 billion US dollars was about right. No, okay. Union Carbide offered $350 million. Jesus. So, to their credit, 
The Indian government rejected that offer. The Indian Supreme Court said, y'all need to meet on a fresh plane, right? Which they did. And the Indian government accepted their offer with interest in 1989, which gave them a total settlement of $470 million. Well, that's as fuck. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Still, still don't know with any kind of certainty what the death toll is. No. So, okay, you talk about Indian numbers because we should all know what Indian numbers are because they have so they have a weird number system which is kind of fun. All right, so mm. relatives of the deceased receive between one lakh rupees to three lakh rupees. Right, that's about. Mm. 1300 to 4000 US dollars. Um a lakh is $100,000. Um which is the the other the other big number is a crore which is 10 million. Right? Mm. So so they so they got between $100,000 and $300,000. Oh, rupees, sorry. Yeah, they got between yeah, to to put it in US dollars, 1300 to 4000 US dollars. Um couple of Xboxes, couple of Xboxes. Yeah. In, well, it's nineteen. It's 1989. So, you know. I know, but I like our recurring bit of measuring the kind of the travesty of damages by how many Xboxes a kid gets you. Yeah, but you have to consider this is like SNESs. Um, uh, yeah. Really NESs. Yes, yeah. Um, you get a ColecoVision. If you had a Ooh. severe, debilitating, long-term injury, you would get four lakh rupees, right? That's fifty two hundred mm. US dollars. How noble. Wow. And yeah. if right. you had a partial with long term disability, I don't know how this was determined. You would get fifty thousand rupees. I'm, I assume charitably. Fifty thousand rupees to two lakh rupees. Um and then there were additional compensations for damaged property and destroyed livestock, right? Mm-hmm. And all of this is coming out of $470 million. Yes. I mean, one of the things is, of course, money does go a lot farther in India, but this is mm-hmm. not a large amount of compensation. Right? No. no. Especially for a lifelong, well, bereavement for one thing, or, yeah, just absolutely catastrophic injuries. Yes. Um, now, Warren Anderson, CEO of Union Carbide, he did visit Bro Paul shortly after the disaster. He was actually briefly arrested uh, after he showed up. Good, I hope he shits himself. And then he was allowed to leave. Yeah, the, the Indian government said, get the fuck out right now. No, nope. And, that's, and they, they, no, that's when you just summarily execute a guy. Yeah. Um... So he left India, he left his team behind, you know, whatever that was to either, depending on who you want to believe, either, you know, they were there to assist in the recovery, or they were there to figure out ways to limit liability. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, shortly afterwards, well, not shortly afterwards, a couple of years afterwards, local courts in Bhopal charged him with manslaughter in 1991. He didn't show up to court, so they declared him a fugitive from justice in 1992, and they called for extradition in 1993. 
obviously he was not extradited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how how sad and pathetic is it that you can be like the the one the closest thing to a bright spot in this is like well he did, he got arrested once and I hope it like put the fear of God into him yeah just for a couple days yeah yeah so residents of Bhopal especially the victims continue to protest Dow Chemical to this day mm -hmm. because Union Carbide was absorbed into Dow Chemical. Apart from some of the brands that were spun off, I believe Union Carbide India is now Ever Ready Industries India, and they mostly do batteries. Um, but they hold Dow Chemical responsible because they handle most of the chemical operations that Union Carbide India uh, did. Um, mm -hmm. And they demand justice from Dow Chemical. Dow Chemical yep. accepts absolutely zero blame for what happened, because it's Except not Except for that one time that they did, which is, are you going to tell that story afterwards, or should I do it now? You should do it now, because I didn't write it down. I think I know what I'm t you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so, like, uh, we, we make fun of adbusters and such as being, like, kind of cringe, but, like, one of the things that they did was they, they, they blagged a fake guest onto BBC News, claiming to be a Dow Chemical executive, and he announced that Dow was uh, unilaterally apologizing and offering like some large number of billions in compensation. And it wasn't real, of course, but the, the, as like a protest to draw attention to Dow not doing that. God. Great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to get assassinated the next time we go to State Line Liquors. Because <laughs> it's right across from the Dow Chemical. It's right across from the Dow Chemical plant. <laughs> we Just a guy be... on top of a gasometer with a sniper rifle. We will oh, be God. going through Maryland. We'll take the long way if we have to. <laughs> God. Okay. So yeah. So Dow Chemical is not interested in paying any kind of reparations. Um, the 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 people of Bhopal again are doing are doing what they can. Um, and yeah. it's a long, it's like, long struggle. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, they got away with it, right? Like the, the the dude in question, the CEO, he he died. So it's like you. The Indian courts did charge and um, prosecute several of the operators of the plant. Yeah. Well, good, I guess. Yeah. But like, oh, God. in terms of like, in terms of making mm. the the consequences fit the actual the actual crime, let the punishment <laughs> fit the crime. Mm. Uh huh. Oh, God, no, this is this is this this went way up the corporate ladder. Like it, I I honestly think none of the people who operated the plant should have been charged. It yeah. should have been way well, up there. The, the yeah. guy, the guy who was making the decision to just try and like stem leaks by firefighting them. That I don't know that that guy belongs in jail, right? But like, yeah, yeah. It, it reminds <laughs> me of like, again of Lockmag and Teague. Yeah, yeah, not the guys we want. Exactly. We, um, yeah, yeah, not the guys we want. No justice, no peace. Um, mm -hmm. So as a response to this, like the general attitude towards the chemical industry goes way, you know, uh, folks are very suspicious of the chemical industry, even in the United States, right? Hmm. So, let's talk about responsible care. Um, folks thought, you know, chemical plants, they're dirty, they're unsafe, they're unsanitary, and this led to 
a sort of self-regulatory effort by the chemical industry. Oh, those always work. Yes. Yes. Um, so this was Responsible Care. You can see their logo. You might have seen this on tank cars or um, on on big tanker trucks, right? Um, yeah, a big pair of mittens grasping a molecule. Yes. I do that every day. Um, <laughs> this started in Canada. <laughs> this MF touching molecules. <laughs> this started in Canada in 1988. It's now a global safety and self-regulation initiative amongst most of the chemical industry, not all of it, most of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Crazy Vaclav's House of Ethylenes is not gonna <laughs> subscribe to this. The one guy in Maryland. It's mostly associated with the American Chemistry Council, um, which was formerly the Chemical Manufacturers Association, um, which was founded in the late 1800s as a sort of organization to oppose Government regulation of the <laughs> chemical industry. I should be able to make my nitroglycerin an ether wherever I want. They also, they also changed the name once before. It was the Manufacturing Chemists Organization. I, okay. But the basic idea here, you know, when they started the Responsible Care Initiative, is like, guys, look, we probably can't do another Bhopal. We should probably start to work this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ju just enough to avoid having to pay for the lawyers again. So, self-regulation, you know, is largely there to head off regulation by the government. Um, I will say responsible care has resulted in much safer chemical processes and, you know, generally, like, worker safety at chemical plants around the world, because it's a global effort at this point. Um, you know, I mean, the thing is, safety is in both labor and management's interest. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of hassle uh, when you kill a bunch of people. Yeah, uh, a, a safe, a safe plant or job site has more uptime, less damage to equipment, more productive and happier workers, runs cheaper and more efficiently. But goddamn, it takes a lot of effort to get this through the mm. boneheads in management's minds, especially the bean counters. Yeah. Also, my dad works for the American Chemistry Council, so I can't be too critical of them. That's fine, we can do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, the I, logo I, looks like dog yeah, shit. Yeah, that's, um, that's, uh, we, we, disclosure, full disclosure, conflict of interest, sorry. <laughs> I also gotta do my full disclosure. Uh, I actually do not know this for certain, but based on my Ancestry.com research and some kind of anecdotal stuff, I believe that I am related to Warren Anderson, although it would be something like fourth or fifth cousin. Well, fourth or fifth cousin, everybody's related to everybody. Just as so long as you're not getting those, like, union carbide bucks to make the podcast, I think it's fine. No, I, I can confirm that I am not getting those union carbide bucks to, to make this podcast, although it is a CIA front. <laughs> that too. I mean, pe people. So somebody asked me uh, whether uh, Ross was a landlord, and I'm like, "What?" Uh, I saw that. I was like, "No, I we pay rent to a guy." So, responsible care is now doing global safety initiatives, to, including in, you know, everywhere, including India. Um, so, but the other thing is with these big petrochemical plants is a lot of them are pretty old, and they're in populated areas. Mm. I don't know if you ever heard of John Noble. <laughs> <laughs> this happened in South Philadelphia 
last year. Uh, I see some fire. Just a little bit. You know, locating chemical plants, petrochemical plants, this is an oil refinery, in major urban areas presents an inherent risk to public safety. I mean, here in Philly, we very narrowly avoided another Bhopal. Yep. And that was with a big tank of hydrogen fluoride as opposed to MIC. And Mm. hydrogen fluoride, I... The chemical effects of this, I mean, the best way to describe it is if you've seen the, you know, the Nazi who melts away after he looks at the Ark, Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's what it does. It was very narrowly <laughs> avoided because someone realized they need to drain that tank. <laughs> and this would have just rolled over South Philly and, and, and just, you know, turned everyone into a skeleton. Um, hmm. Instead, there was just a big explosion. Yeah. Which woke hey, everyone that, that, up that, except me because I was passed out drunk when this happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, but that, that giant flare in the middle kind of looks like a frowning Marilyn Manson face. There's there's a bit of work to be done here about making petrochemicals safe. I mm. mean I mean uh, once Paul, again we go back to our plan our plan A, leave them in the fucking ground. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you should probably just leave them in the ground. <laughs> Just, just leave the petrochemicals in the ground. It's not that hard. We yeah, leave, leave we the can dinosaur come up with mulch some alone. alternatives. I yeah. think we we can we can smack atoms into other atoms, and that smacks more atoms into other atoms. I guess another another issue which has been a problem is now that they have they have shut down this oil refinery. I mean, you know, this is a labor organizing thing, and this is where the environmentalists and the labor organizers are kind of you know put into conflict. We mm. closed down these big plants. This is the largest union employer in Philadelphia, to my knowledge. Um, yep. oh. You are certainly losing a lot of good, high-paying union jobs. Um, and if you close down a plant like this, it's going to relocate to somewhere with not a great union culture. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in Texas. <laughs> also... Not just not with a great union culture, but attendantly with a less great safety culture, which means, okay, you might not be turning into skeletons, but you might heighten the risk that somebody else is going to turn into skeletons. I mean, this thing has blown up at least twice that I've lived in Philly. Yep. Yeah, but how many times have you turned into a skeleton? I've never turned what? into a skeleton. I will eventually turn into a skeleton, but not as a result of the refinery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, we, we, future skeleton club. <laughs> future skeletons of America. Yeah. Wow. We recorded the second three-hour episode today. We're fucking morons. Um, <laughs> oh my oh, god. god. Jesus. I'm Christ. gonna have to type up every fucking word we said. Twice. Two times. Twice. Two times. Yes, correct. Well, I'm glad we're all friends. Um, <laughs> Very much. <laughs> I, I have fun doing this, you know? Next episode is about the Tacoma Naris Bridge disaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh. Anybody um, to stretch? Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to stand up, up too quickly because I'll fall down. Oh god. <laughs> uh... Final four of Trade Madness. I will put the matchups up tomorrow. Uh, I am happy to report that the New York Central, in fact, did not make it out alive. And uh, New Yorkish will be represented by the DNH. 
Thank Hell you. Yeah. All right. Well, Franklin Eleven sounds... will be up before this episode is up. Holy yeah. shit! So yeah, now now they have to yell at you about Franklin Twelve. Oh my god! You know, where is Franklin Twelve? You... Where is Franklin Twelve? In my we brain. We want answers. We want answers. We want In my answers. brain. You're gonna have to claw it out of there. Uh, all right. <laughs> We're not gonna have this problem if you're a skeleton. I won't have a brain. I won't need a brain. I'll be a skeleton. Hey, how come the skeleton uh, didn't go to the dance? Hmm. Why? Because he had no body to go with. Oh. All right, we gotta end this play episode. Us, play us out with them bones. I'm delirious. Damn bones, yeah, damn bones, put on the, uh, bones. The, the, the East is red <laughs> one more time for me. Yeah, go. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye. How do I turn this off?